Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Tom Luganville joining us. Tom, did you before we dive into XFL, uh, did you did you watch this fight last night? I didn't. I only got to see a little bit of it, a couple of clips here and there. I was returning actually last night. Uh, was delayed getting getting out and getting back home. From oh Tampa, no! So. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, it's all right. I saw some clips. I just what I, what I marvel at with these two guys. And for, forget about who's the better fighter. Who was just pay like attention to like their builds, right? I mean, I, I'm sitting there and I'm watching Tyson Fury and I'm seeing these his arms hang down to his calves. You know, and it's like just these mammoth, mammoth fighters. And you look at them physically, and to me, I just marvel at that. It's just, there's just such a different look to those two dudes. Uh, it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, it's so funny. So on Saturday, one of my producers, Joel, he said, uh, he said, I'm putting money on Fury, hashtag dad bod. And I, <laughs> and I said, and I said, dad, but I, okay. Full disclosure, Tom, I'd never heard that. I said, dad, you never heard dad, but I had no, I no. And I said, dad, what is, and, and I looked at, I looked at Joel. I said, what? And he says, he has a dad bod. And I was like, I'm like a dad bod. What is that? And he's like a dad's body. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's been a, it's been a topic of conversation on the show this, this weekend. Hashtag dad bod. Apparently, <laughs> Apparently this is a thing, um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, if you if you do just based on physique alone, one would think that Wilder would win, right? Like just right, just right. Ch- like an Adonis, like chiseled, ripped, m- looked more athletic. But boy, that and like I said to the caller, like you know, listening. You know, I work from home a lot, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm always watching ESPN or you know, other networks just trying to like be a sponge and digest all the sports talk that's out there. And like everybody was on Wilder. It's just funny yeah. now to sit back, you know, I was listening to Teddy Atlas this morning and you know, well, you know, all all Wilder has is a punch. Like he's really not a great boxer. Well why wasn't he one saying that before the fight? I know that was easy, I mean right? come it's on. Really yeah. Oh anyway, anyway. All right, let's talk about you. And the XFL. Now, you and Diana Rossini were on the sidelines for the Houston-Tampa game. Boy, 34 to 27. That was a fun one. Really, the first, like, you know, uh, uh, barn burner, uh, so yeah. far in the XFL. What was that like being on the sidelines there? Well, there was a lot of energy. Tampa Bay, you know, 0-2 coming into the game had yet to play a home game. So it was, it was a good atmosphere. I think the fans were, were enjoying it. Um, and listen, I had told you throughout the week, I was like, I know Tampa's 0-2, but if they don't turn the ball over, they're not a bad team. That's they a huge That's players. a huge but in capital letters in bold print, Tom. I know. And the thing is, uh, we got about halfway through the second quarter, and Mark Tressman walks up to me, the head coach of Tampa, and goes, it's amazing what you can do when you don't give the ball to the other team. And I said, you're exactly right. And then, sure enough, they get down to the wire, and what do they end the game with? An interception in the two-minute drill. So 0-3, tough start, man. When you only got 10 later season games, 0-3 is big. And uh, they just can't quite seem to put every little thing together that they need to. And then, you know, you've got Houston on the other side, and it's almost as if 
everything they dial up is gold, and that quarterback is just so dynamic and made so many plays yesterday. Really, the plays that separated Houston uh, from Tampa Bay were some of the plays where, you know, P.J. Walker's under duress. It looks like he's going to get sacked. He's going to get hit, gets the ball out, makes the play. And it was, there was maybe less than a handful of them, but they were the difference in the game. P.J. Walker, quarterback for the Houston Roughnecks, uh, 24-36, 306 yards uh, in three touchdowns, zero interceptions, a uh, 120.8 QB rating. So with those three touchdowns yesterday, that makes 10 touchdowns on the season so far for P.J. Walker. I'm trying to think, I had, who did I have on the show yesterday? Oh, John Murray, executive director of Westgate. And I said, hey, where Mm -hmm. are your MVP odds? And he said, oh, I haven't thought about that. I might have to add. Really? Yeah, I was like, you got to get him out because my money's on PG Walker, dude. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why nobody has MVP odds out on the XFL yet? This is this is a league that embraces gambling. Get with the program, man. So no um, doubt. So, uh, man, yeah, and and you and I, you know, you, you've been you've been so kind to join the the show every Sunday now, and and I'd love to make this a, a weekly thing as as long as the XFL is is active and attractive, um, but. <laughs> You know, you and I talk about it a lot. You know, this this league, more than anything else, comes down to quarterback play. Comes down to quarterback play. And no Aaron Murray yesterday for the Vipers. They went back and forth with Cornelius, which, by the way, I think it's such a cool name. Cornelius and in, in, in Flowers. Uh, one one touchdown, one interception. You know, yeah. and, and here's, the, here's the thing. And you're on the sideline. You can, you can attest to this. Like, you know, you've got to get into a, a, a rhythm, a vibe, a zone, a flow. Whether you're a quarterback, whether you're a running back, yeah. those two positions, probably more than anything else when it comes to the NFL. How, like, I, I get what Mark Trustman has to do right now because their, their quarterback styles are so different, but I, I, I just, my gut's telling me that that's hurting this team more than helping this team going back and forth between these two quarterbacks. Yeah, and really with no rhyme or reason, too. They're not saying, okay, we're going to go two series with you. Then we're going to bring you in, quit, and you're going to get your package next series. We're going to go back. It's just random, right? It's by feel. Uh, for example, to end the game last week, Taylor Cornelius ran the, the two-minute drill really, really well. So Quentin Flowers in the first half was playing really good football, and they put him on the sideline and put Taylor in with like two minutes and 30 seconds to go. And to his credit, he let him right down the field, and they scored a touchdown. So good coaching move there. Then there was a situation late in the fourth quarter where it was third and fourth down on like the three-yard line of Houston. And this is to tie the game for uh, Tampa. And they don't bring in Quentin Flowers to try to maybe create that extra gap. And, and now the defense has to know that they might have to defend quarterback run. And you know what? They probably should have done that right there. They don't get the third down. They miss on the fourth down turn the ball over on downs, and really it was, it was a lost opportunity. And I feel for Mark Chessman a little bit in this regard, and I mentioned this on air yesterday. There is, there is such a clamoring for Quentin Flowers because of the area in the, the South Florida base, and he was such a great player there, that um, t- Taylor Cornelius throws one incompletion in the first quarter and the crowd's booing him. And so it's, you know, we're, you, you, they're, they're not helping themselves it's almost as if their fans were like, well, we don't really care if you win or lose. As long as Clinton Flowers is a quarterback, then we're going to be happy with you. And you just, it's not a healthy environment. Interesting. Um, Tom Luganbill joins us here. Uh, he's on the sideline, uh, but not a sideline reporter, uh, more like, um, what, like, a, like the, the, I'm a sideline analyst. 
The sideline analyst. There we go. Eventually, I'm going to get it right. Hey, listen, I, I got your last name. Your last name now just rolls off the, the, the tip of my tongue. At least, that yeah, took, it's not an easy one. That took me. Most three. people just call me Lugs. That's what literally people. There's. I could walk into a room somewhere in Bristol, and if somebody said Tom, I might not turn around. Lugs. Lugs. Everybody just calls me Lugs. So you can call me L O O G S L O O G Z. You know, it's up to your you have Lug- the liberty Lug- that you want to spell it. Lugs. Okay, that's interesting. Um, uh, The second game yesterday, again, the Dallas uh, Renegades taking on the Seattle Dragons. I had the Mm -hmm. under in this game. Um, Not going to lie, I was sweating it at the end uh, Uh, because one more touchdown, uh, loser over here. But uh, but but I I did win that. Landry Jones, just to me, just he's you know what it is. He's out there. I feel like he's out there, and he's like, um, oh oh, shucks, like all right, let me suit up and play. And, and this might not be his mentality, but I just feel like not that he's not, not a level of importance. I know what it, you're getting. Yes, at. there yeah, isn't. You know, and whole, he's just there's a, a whole hum feeling to it. Yes, yes, and I, like I have a hard time putting my money behind a quarterback. We just talked about how important the quarterback position is in the XFL. You know, do I want to? Like he's like, oh, you know, I, I, this is I'm having fun on on a Saturday yeah. afternoon. Like you know, we, like talk about dad bot hashtag dad bod <laughs> with Landry Jones. Uh, so I just like I, I just. I I I I want to I want to believe that the Dallas Renegades are a top team and they do have a lot mm-hmm. of talent and I love their tight end um, who's like six yeah. foot nine and like it's just ridiculous but I, I have a really hard time getting behind this 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 team with Landry Jones Tom I really do. Well, they're so hot and cold, mm-hmm. and when Landry Jones looks good, you're watching him. You're going, okay, this guy's different than the other guys. And then he will just be god awful on the next series. And there's, there's no, you can't like tie it together. And to be honest with you, to that point, Seattle has a little, some of that too. There were some throws yesterday that Brandon Silver's made, an NFL level throws. And then on the next series, you just come out and throw it right to the other team and you don't even look like the same guy. And, and you're right. I, I get the same sense. I think Dallas has really good players. I almost get the sense that. It's not even just Andrew Jones. It seems to be like the whole atmosphere, almost like they're just kind of putting on their uniforms, going out there, and throw up, throw something up against the wall, see what sticks. And somehow they're two and one. And it's, it's so they're obviously doing something right, but it it does have a weird feel to it. I am so with you when you picked up on that and said that. I have felt that way every single week I've watched Dallas. Yeah, yeah, not not digging it. Uh, by the way, next week. Uh, out of all the matchups, Houston at Dallas. I think this is going to yeah. be. I think this is the best game on the docket for Week Four. What game are you and uh, Diana covering next week? We we've got. We'll be up in New York, so we've got Los Angeles. We'll be coming to New York, and you know Los Angeles uh, winless. They're in the same position Tampa was in going into yesterday's game. And they have got to come up with an answer uh, to to try and you know get off of this this negative downhill slide that they're on because. If they don't, and depending on the outcome of today's game uh, with, with St. Louis in New York, and again, this is St. Louis's home opener. They're expecting the entire lower bowl to be sold out in St. Louis. They haven't had a home game yet. So we'll see how New York responds off of last week's debacle. And if New York is victorious and L.A. ends up coming up and, and pulling off and getting a win, now you got a little bit of a different tone to that New York-L.A. game next week. If both of them go in and lose, now it's going to be gut check time for L.A. and New York. 
Texas, New York would be sitting there at one and two. L.A. would be zero and three. Something's got to give. All right, Tom. Really quick before I let you go, you get, go along with your uh, your Sunday fun day with the fam. I feel bad. Um, I had David Berman on just a second ago. He's like, I've got to go. I got, I'm spending the day with my kids. I'm sure yeah. you're, I'm sure your family's dying to spend some yeah. time with you as well. So I apologize, uh, taking all these men away from their families. Shame on me. Uh, but before we let you go, just, uh, I, I want you to talk about the two games today. Okay. So later on today, three o'clock is kickoff. The Guardians are in St. Louis. You just talked about, uh, the crowd that's going to be their home field yeah. advantage, which is huge in this league. But more importantly, the dysfunction with Matt McLoyne, quarterback. Yeah. For the New York Guardians, frustrated with this offense, and and this is back to back road games for New York. Like that's not enough time to like rectify whatever's going on there. And another thing is, I know Kevin Gilbride. I've known Kevin Gilbride for ten years. Like this mm-hmm. is his offense. This is how. It, this is what it is. Like you like you yeah. can't teach an old dog new tricks. With all due respect to Kev, you just can't. Like I think that we're going to see a lot more dysfunction. I think St. Louis rolls today. Well, it's going to be interesting you say that because I talked to Cole Kublik, who is my counterpart on the ESPN Sunday crew, and he said their coaches' meetings are great. Matt McGloin owned everything. There were no excuses. He said they came away from their coaching coaches' meetings feeling like this team might be more mended than they expected it to be. And like you said, it's just, it's one week's time, right? And you either move on or you dwell on it, and then it ends up biting you, and St. Louis will roll if that's what happens. The, the reality of the situation is I think St. Louis is the better team anyway. Regardless of what mindset New York goes in with, I think the home field advantage, I really think – I think Jordan Tomlin, everybody's talking about Cardell Jones, everybody's talking about uh, P.J. Walker, and they should be. The highest ceiling for development in terms of improvement from week one to week ten resides in St. Louis. I think Jordan Tomlin has a chance to be really good. So I like your call there uh, on St. Louis. Um, and then, again, I mentioned briefly L.A., I just I don't believe in LA. There's there's so many missing components to their team structure right now that I don't know what to make of them, and I don't feel confident that they feel confident going into each and every game. Yeah, and one thing I'm going to be keeping an eye on, and, and knowing Pep Hamilton. Two trades, two players were traded from L.A. to D.C. Wide receiver Rashad Ross and defensive end Anthony Johnson. I expect Pep Hamilton to tee up Ross against his former team. Both these guys disgruntled, don't like Winston Moss, didn't like their experience in L.A. And I think Anthony Johnson, wow, if there's a prop bet out there over under how many sacks he gets or over under in regard to tackles – I think Anthony Johnson has a monster day or monster night. Kickoff is at 6 o'clock. And I think Pep Hamilton tees up Ross in a big way. So those are two guys I'm going to be keeping an eye mm-hmm. on in this game. Yeah, so. I would totally agree with that. I think Anthony Johnson, aside from Coney Ely at Houston, I think Anthony Johnson is the best pass rusher that the league has to offer. I'm actually stunned that they were able to pull off that trade. Now, they got Bradley Silva, L.A. did the corner, who had a great opening week in their win versus Seattle. They trade a corner for a, an elite pass rusher. I think D.C. Uh, certainly got the better of, of that trade. And they just flat out have a better team now. It's going to be the first time they've gone away from home. They've played at home, comfy combine uh, of, of Audi Field. And now they go to the West Coast. Uh, I don't think the time change is going to be an issue with them. But it, listen, they're just flat out the better team. And I don't, I don't trust Los Angeles right now. Tom, you rock. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on this Sunday Fun Day. Really appreciate it. And, uh, and hey, you're in New York next week. I'm in New York next week. I will be uh, arriving to the Big Apple. I hope they're ready for me. Okay. Maybe, maybe, there's a ch- maybe, there's a, maybe there's a chance we get you in studio. That would be nice. We'll see what my schedule allows. Okay. 
You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.